1: desire to reach people where Christ had not been made known. Let me say real quick, I venture to say that there's very little places in St. Petersburg, Florida or the Tampa Bay area you can go and people don't know who Jesus Christ is. If you ask him, do you know who Jesus Christ is? Oh yeah. Do you know he died on the cross? Do you know the, the, the story is that he was buried and three days later rose again? And pretty much everybody knows that. But there are people in the Tampa Bay area that Christ has not been
0: made known to, personally. God may be calling you to go overseas, to some remote culture who hasn't heard about Jesus yet. There are still a few places like that, and that calling shouldn't be ignored. But as Pastor Danny will explain in today's message, while most people in our culture are familiar with Jesus and his story, many don't know him. They may have heard the gospel misrepresented to them, and it's pushed them away. In some cases, their hearts have hardened, but they're worth the effort to God. Now here's Pastor Danny in the Book of Romans, chapter 15, as he begins his message, sharing Christ where he's not been made known.
1: We're in the book of Romans, chapter 15. We left off verse 5. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. So that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. The idea is Christ accepts people of all kinds of levels of maturity and in all kinds of different diverse backgrounds. So then verse 7, accept one another. Then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God, for I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs might be confirmed, confirmed, and moreover, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. The patriarchs were the progenitors of the Jewish race, the Jewish people, people of Israel, and Gentiles, that's everybody else. If you're not Jewish, you're Gentile. No matter where you come from, no matter your nationality, your race, if you're not Jewish, you're Gentile. So Jews and Gentiles, people of the world. That the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. Now we quote an Old Testament passage, therefore, I'll praise you among the Gentiles. I'll sing the praises of your name. Again it says, and he quotes another passage, rejoice you Gentiles with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will spring up, one who will rise to rule over the nations, the nations synonymous with the Gentiles. In him the Gentiles will hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14. I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, and competent to instruct one another. Yet I've written you quite boldly on some points to remind you of them again because of the grace God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus. Here he is again to the Gentiles. He gave me the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading, who? The Gentiles to obey God by what I've said and done, by the power of signs and wonders, through the power of the Spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, big area, I fully proclaim the gospel of Christ. And then he makes this statement. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known. Paul wanted to go to virgin spiritual territory. People have not heard about Christ. So that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it is written, Those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. God wants all people to hear, all people to have an opportunity to be what the Bible calls saved. If you're not saved, you're lost, and you're eternity. There's hell to pay. God wants all people to be saved. And then one last verse, verse 22. This is why I've often been hindered from coming to you. Why has he been hindered? Because open doors to go somewhere where Christ had not been preached, and what Paul the apostle was called to do is take the gospel to the nations, the Gentiles. When you go back to chapter 1, when we began our study, The opening statements by the Apostle Paul, verse 8, he said, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. The church in Rome gained a reputation among the churches all over the then-known world. Paul goes on in the opening comments and saying, I want to come to you. I want to visit you because I want God to use me and the spiritual gifts he's given me to strengthen you. And then he adds, and I also want to preach the gospel in Rome and there'll be a harvest through my ministry in Rome. What that tells us, Paul is saying people that had been reached in Rome, there were some yet to be reached in Rome, and he believed that when God opened the door for him to come, More people would get saved through his ministry that had not been saved through the witness of the church that was already there. Back to the final statement in our text in Romans 15, that's why I've been hindered from coming to you. Why? Because I want to go where Christ has not been preached, but I still want to come see you at some point. Who started the church in Rome? I know it's been a long time ago, but when we studied Romans chapter 1, I mentioned we don't know who started the church in Rome. But as you study the book of Acts, as God began to thrust out of believers, not by choice, but they're running for their lives because of the persecution that took place in Jerusalem, and everywhere they landed, they began to share Christ. They began to share the word. And churches were being birthed by these no-name believers that just got scattered all over the place. In that day in the Roman Empire, Rome made sure that they had roads, and they had the best road system in the world up to that point, and they made sure that all roads led to Rome. And so it's natural for people being scattered many of them to go to Rome. So we don't know who started the church in Rome, but a church was birthed there and it gained a reputation among the other churches. Fascinating, this thing called the church that I have the privilege of being a part of. Fascinating. I hear Alistair beg often the workshop I was in with him years ago and he was teaching pastors and talking to pastors about preparing sermons and messages and one of the questions his answer was the text will tell you what to say you just have to decide how to say it what is the text saying well there are three points the challenge and the beauty of diversity in the body of Christ, the church. This thing called the church, the family of God, it's amazing. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9 says that the family we and I, you and I, if you know Christ as Lord and Savior, are going to live with forever and ever and ever and ever, it's the most diverse family. In Revelation, after Jesus makes everything new, and then we have the new heavens and the new earth, it talks about the nations even at that time. So what it's telling us is that we will not lose our distinction in eternity. You won't become a different nationality. You won't become a different person in the sense of who you are right now, where you came from. That distinction will be with us forever and ever and ever. Revelation 7 9 is fascinating to me because it tells us that, representative of our family forever in what we call heaven, every nation and people and language, and this one really gets me, and tribe, every tribe. The other night, my wife and I were watching something on Papua New Guinea, Papua New Guinea as some people call it. Uh, And that little dot on the planet, I'm fascinated. There are more than 850 languages in Papua New Guinea alone, more than 850. There are more than 600 distinct tribes in Papua New Guinea. And Revelation 7 verse 9 tells us that represented in heaven will be every one of those tribes. Somebody from every one of those tribes is going to be in heaven. That's fascinating to me. As wonderful as this point is, this is not where God wants me to really focus, so take that one, uh, be challenged and encouraged by it, and you say "Challenge? what's the challenge? The challenge is right now it's not heaven, and right now we are so diverse, that's where we just came from last week, the disputable matters, and right now the challenge is because it's not heaven, we end up, we're so diverse, we're so diverse, The second point is Paul's desire to reach people where Christ had not been made known. Let me say real quick, I venture to say that there's very little places in St. Petersburg, Florida or the Tampa Bay area you can go, and people don't know who Jesus Christ is. If you ask him, do you know who Jesus Christ is? Oh, yeah. Do you know he died on the cross? Do you know the the, the story is that he was buried and three days later rose again? And pretty much everybody knows that. But there are people in the Tampa Bay area that Christ has not been made known to personally. We'll come back to that. And the third point is this. Paul's desire not to build on someone else's foundation. What does that mean? And what does that mean practically for us? What does that mean for me as a pastor? So here's how it translates. Kind of repeating myself. The church, unity despite diversity. And if you're being challenged with the diverseness of the church, (laughs) get over it. Bear with each other and forgive one another just as Christ has forgiven you. We're a bunch of different people (laughs) with one thing in common, and that's Jesus Christ. The challenge for us as a church, for me as a pastor, to reach people where Christ is not known. Now, let me tell you what that means to me. God hasn't called me, now he might call some of us, to go to a region of the world where maybe they don't know who Jesus Christ is yet. They've never heard the name of Jesus. There are places like that. They're getting fewer and fewer thanks to the Christians going around the world and fulfilling what's called the Great Commission. But for me, God's called me here. And for now, I plan on living and dying in St. Petersburg, Florida. I plan on continuing to pastor Calvary Chapel Fellowship until God calls me home. I think as I get older, my responsibilities will lessen. But I've I've told my son, who I believe will take over from me one day here. We started the church with that idea. The leadership at the top agreed with that. They recognize a calling on his life. But I'll, my responsibilities have become fewer. But I'll always be a part of the church. I'll always have some input as long as God has me here, whether you like it or not. We have one that likes it. It's our highest paid staff member. No, I'm just kidding. That's Pat. I'm just kidding. But let me tell you for me what it means to make Christ, to reach people where Christ has not been made known. The Bible's full of examples of this. Paul the Apostle, Romans chapter 1, I want to come to you because there are people that I believe I can reach that you haven't reached. And that's just in the will of God. Acts chapter 3, it tells us there was a beggar He's being carried every day to be laid at the main entrance to the temple. In other words, he's laid at the main entrance to the church service, the place they came to worship. And you read the story. This lame guy, he's a beggar. And his main thing there at the temple, he's at the most strategic point where the most numbers of people come by because he's begging. Everybody comes by. He's begging. You see them all around. They're all around here. They're begging. They got the signs, you know, just give me something, food, water, whatever. Whatever. And you have to believe, if you look at the story, that in Jesus' earthly ministry, Jesus would have gone in that entrance time and time again. So he passed by him time and time again. The disciples had passed by him time and time again. But God's timing, God's timing. And God had something for this guy. One day... After Jesus now resurrected, ascended back up into heaven, and now the disciples are carrying on the ministry, Peter and John going to the temple at the hour of prayer, and they pass by this guy, just like they had had many times before, but this one time, this guy looks at him. He begs them for money. He's expecting for them to give him something. He's like, well, surely they'll give me something. They're Christians. And Peter looks at him. Silver and gold I do not have, but such as I have give I unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise, walk. That dude got up. He got up. Let me tell you something that got everybody's attention. All of a sudden a crowd gathers, and when the crowd gathers, they preach the gospel. To the crowd. It is not by us or our power that you see this man healed. By the power in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They shared Jesus with the crowd, and lots more people get added to the church because this guy gets healed. You know what happened? What happened was a guy who no doubt knew about Christ, everybody knew about Jesus Christ, everybody had heard of him. This guy had probably seen him in the flesh when he walked in the temple for worship. But there was a moment in time where Peter and John had the distinct privilege to make Jesus Christ known to him personally. And the power of God came upon his body and healed his body. And through that Holy Spirit power, the witness of Christ continued to carry Jesus Christ would made known. And the third thing God has to say to us: I have a desire as a pastor, and I hope you have a desire as a church member not to build on someone else's foundation. What does that mean? Well, let me tell you what it doesn't mean. What it doesn't mean is we can't be used by God, or other people can't be used by God to prepare the way to plant seeds, to water as 1 Corinthians chapter 3 talks about. Paul said, Apollos planted the seed, I watered it, or vice versa. One planted the seed, one watered it, but God makes it grow. Some people go ahead and they prepare the way, and we have the privilege maybe of leading someone to Christ, but somebody else has planted seeds and watered along the way. Let me read you from John chapter 4, verse 38. Jesus said to his disciples, I sent you to reap what you've not worked for. Others have done the hard work. You've reaped the benefits of their labor. So, Building on someone's foundation doesn't mean that others can't go ahead and prepare the way for a ministry that we have to reach somebody or vice versa. Does that make sense? I want to make sure you understand that. So what does it mean? When the Bucks won their first Super Bowl, it is my opinion that Tony Dungy and his staff prepared the way. They did the hard work. John Gruden got the credit. I don't mean any disrespect for John Gruden, but I believe Tony Dungy and his staff did the work, the hard work. And without that hard work, I don't think the Bucs would have won that Super Bowl. And God was looking down and he sent Tony to Indianapolis to finally get his Super Bowl ring. A few weeks ago, we were on vacation. We went away for a little while, but a lot of the time we were here. My second son, my wife and I are so overjoyed. We're delighted because he got married a little over a year ago. He and his wife hadn't gotten plugged into a good local church, and we pray for all of our kids to get involved in a good local church. And now he's not only plugged in at the new satellite church called Radiant, satellite planted out of Tampa. Pastor Aaron, I've met with Pastor Aaron. He's a great guy, good Bible teacher, preaching the Word, and the Satellite Church in St. Pete, there on 62nd Avenue at Canterbury School. We went during vacation and we went to the services. We stayed for two services, one message, but both worship services because our son's playing in the worship team, playing drums. We got there early. I didn't think I was very early, but we got there a few minutes and there was hardly any parked cars in the parking lot. And at first I thought we got the time of the service wrong, but we didn't. finally people started to show up and guess... Guess who some of the people I saw there were? People I used to pastor at the old church, Calvary Chapel, St. Petersburg, at the old Walmart. Some of them seemed a little nervous that I was there. That was kind of fun. You know what? A lot of local churches grow because another local church... Has something like what we had happen, that debacle. God, help us, but it happened. It is what it is. Strike the shepherd, sheep are scattered. What grieves me is I hear there are some people still wandering in the wilderness. They haven't gotten plugged into a good local fellowship. Listen, it delights me. It delights me to see people at Radiant Church in St. Petersburg that used to sin under my teaching. It delights me. Do you hear what I'm saying? I'm not trying to brag. I've never felt in competition with any other pastor. And look, I want people to plug into local fellowships where they can grow the best. If you, Calvary Chapel Fellowship, found a place tomorrow, a local church where you could grow better than you do here, then let me recommend that you get involved there. I mean that sincerely with all my heart. If everybody tomorrow left Calvary Chapel Fellowship, doesn't mean God's done with me. Lord, where do you want me to go? What do you want me and Wendy to do? But a lot of churches grow and it's just a revolving door. It's it's churches you know, having problems here and all of a sudden they're sheep getting up in another local church. <laughs> After radiant, watching our son play drums, and that was a thrill. We're driving right up 62nd Avenue by another church called Faith Covenant. I know the guy that planted Faith Covenant years and years ago, Don Lowe. Don Lowe became a good friend of mine, good friend of mine. And I've been hearing things about Faith Covenant. I've been hearing they're growing and, and there's a new pastor and things are happening there. And I'm like, and I told Wendy, I said, we're going right by Faith Covenant. Let's stop in there. Well, they got multiple services. I know what that's like. We've been doing that for years. And, and it was the end of their 10 o'clock service. And we pull into the parking lot. My wife wouldn't get out. She said, I'm, gonna go. I'm not going to go in. The service is already going on. But I had no problem with doing it. <laughs> and I walk in the door. And guess what? The first guy that greets me, he's there with a group of guys there on the safety team. He goes, I recognized him. He recognized me. He goes, no way. I said, yeah, way. <laughs> Thank God they let me pass. I snuck in the back, I sat in front of the sound booth, and I'm looking around, and I'm listening to the last 20 minutes of the message. This guy's a great Bible teacher. I mean, I thank God for the pastor at Faith Covenant. Good things are happening there. I rejoice. And as I looked around, I'm listening to the message, but I couldn't help but look around. All of a sudden, I look, I go, I know them. I know them. I know them. I look over here. I go, I know them. I know them. It's people that used to be at the old Walmart. And there were many more people at Faith Covenant than at Radiant. And so after that service, you know, I mean, we're just in conversation. And I'm like, people coming up to me. Girl comes up to me, a lady, young lady now with kids around her. And she, she almost gets emotion, tears in her eyes. She said, across from the old Walmart, you led me to Christ.
0: We're so glad that you joined us for today's edition of The Living Word. Thanks for being a part of our listening audience. If you'd like to hear today's message from the Book of Romans again, or hear more from Pastor Danny Hodges, visit ccfstpete.church. You're also invited to join our Bible Reading Plan. Just look under the Resources tab on our website for more information. As you make your way through the Bible, you might be surprised how something you read hits your heart exactly where you're at or what you're going through. God's Word has a way of doing that, and it's unmistakably God's way of speaking to you. As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to take a moment to ask you to partner with us here on The Living Word. Would you join with us in praying for the listeners of this program? You never know how someone might be impacted by hearing about God over the radio, even if they weren't intending to. Pray that listeners would be open to hearing the Gospel message. Pray also that we'd continue seeking God's will for this program in teaching the Word and reaching the world. We'd also like to ask you to pray about supporting the Living Word financially. If you feel led, you can find a way to do this through our website, ccfstbete.church. Just click on the Give tab. We're so grateful for your support. Thanks for praying, giving, and listening here on The Living Word.